Welcome to the Music Podcast for Kids. We're your hosts, Mr. Henry and Mr. Fight, music educators extraordinaire. The Music Podcast for Kids is a fun and educational podcast where we learn and explore the best subject ever, music. Just chat, just chat, just chat, just chat, just chat. Just chatting, just chatting. Legendary record producer, film and TV composer, musician, musical director, and songwriter, and now record label president of Melody Place BMG, Fred Mullen is Walt Disney Records' most successful lullaby album artist. He has produced and written best-selling children's music since 1998 and has sold over 3 million children's CDs. Mullen has worked on over 30 Disney album projects, including Disney's best-selling lullaby albums and album projects for Finding Nemo, Lilo and Stitch, Cars, and many more. We had the pleasure to talk with Fred about his first solo children's album called It's Great to Be a Kid. So let's get to the interview with Fred Mullen. We have a very special guest with us today on the Music Podcast for Kids, legendary record producer and composer Fred Mullen. Thanks for being on the show. I'm delighted to be on the show. So, since we are a music podcast for kids, we always like to ask our special guest how they got started with music. So, did you play music as a kid, uh, maybe in school, take private lessons? What, what kind of journey did you have uh, when you were growing up with music? Well... Um, I, I apparently, uh, apparently I didn't have much of a choice because as a young child, I was quite musical and um, generally was found in the backyard playing drums on garbage cans. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think, I think my parents knew I was probably trouble. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so, so all my life, literally as a young child till now, I, I've been a musician. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And did you did you take private lessons? Like, did your parents eventually go, okay, we need to get Fred in some <laughs> lessons, or how did that how that work out? Um, well, um, I grew up middle class in Long Island, New York. Um, my parents were not what well, we call my parents. Uh, they were civilians because people in show business are not civilians. And um, I just had such a tremendous. A love for music and wanted to make music, but it was really most, it was mostly self-taught. Wow. That's amazing. And so, so for many years you were writing music for Walt Disney records, producing lullaby albums based on the movies that were coming out from Disney at the time. Um, can you tell us more about these albums? Yeah. I mean, I, I had a very deep life in music and then um, from really from 72 when I was a kid till 
1998 because I had done record production of many records and then I became a TV and film composer from 85 till uh, till about 2001. But then in 1998, a few years before I stopped writing for TV and film, I had, I got a call from one of my uh, favorite people, Jay Landers, who was very much sort of my patron of the arts on many levels, because he always would give me uh, opportunities to produce, etc. during his life as an A&R person. And he had moved to Disney Records and he said, I have a great idea. And that's to do an instrumental lullaby album. This was 1998 to do an instrumental lullaby album of Disney songs and other songs, do them very calmly with piano and strings or guitar and strings. And um, I thought it was a wonderful idea. And I did that album, which was called Disney's lullaby album. And it, um, it wound up doing really well. And I wound up doing seven others. And, one thing we're always fascinated with is the writing process of each composer. So um, Eric Whitaker, he's someone we talked to. He's a choral and instrumental composer. And he, he'll he have like a musical idea, then create a map. Like he'll actually hand write it out to take the audience on a journey. And, you know, so that, that was his process. So what type of process do you have? And maybe that process even changes from song to song. Well, if we're talking about the lullaby albums um, in particular, because I've done so much different kinds of work, mm -hmm. but the lullaby albums, I would work with another uh, person, uh, generally a, a piano player who was even better than me. And we would just talk about the ideas of the arrangement. I would sort of sit with him at the piano and say, I hear this and I hear that and I hear this. Yeah. And then he would embellish it. And then um, my dear pal, my best friend in life, Matt McCauley, would write the strings for it. And, uh, you know, but it was, it was a very organic process. I, I yeah. don't, you know, because I came from a world of um, uh, teaching yourself, I didn't come from an academic musical life. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of what I do is very much based on my uh, musical instincts, but not based on writing things out and handing them to people. Right, right. Yeah, that's interesting. Cool. So, and now you're the president of a record label called uh, Melody Place BMG, and there's a new album coming out called It's Great to Be a Kid. Can you tell us first what inspired the writing of this album? Well, first of all, thank you. Um, I started the label two years ago <clears throat> with my partner, Lee Shockey, and, um, you know, I've always wanted to run a record label, but it's a small, passionate, boutique record label. And uh, one of the projects that we did is very near and dear to my heart because, you know, uh, in total, I've probably done about 35 kids albums for Disney records since 2000, since 1998 till about a couple of years ago. So I know kids music really well. Yeah. When the pandemic hit, I was here in Nashville and I was very much alone and I was missing my two grandchildren who were one and, and three living in Toronto and I decided to use some of my time that I was sequestered uh, during, and I decided to write some songs about the great things in life that they would get to experience. And uh, I would go down to my studio every day in, in, in this time. I think it was approximately April or May. And, uh, you know, there was not, not a lot of hope going on because of the pandemic. 
But I went down to the studio every day, you know, walked downstairs, went into my home studio, and I'd write a new song each day that talked about things that I thought they would love to be able to experience, especially once the pandemic was over. Yeah. And so things like, you know, um, the love of animals, the weather, uh, the taste of food, um, having your parents or caretakers put you to sleep at night. So I just wrote about 12 songs. And, um, you know, it was, the first, it was the first time ever that I've done it where it wasn't for hire, where it wasn't like uh-huh. Disney Records was calling me saying, right. can you write this? So I sort of, you know, became my own record label. And I didn't tell my partner, who was more the business partner of the company, but I went and I spent my own money and recorded it with my great friends and musicians. And, and then I sent it to my partner and I said, what do you think? And she goes, oh, we got to put this out. Yeah. And so originally it was really done for my grandchildren, but now I hope it's for everyone. Yeah, that's awesome. So, well, the CD arrived at my house, so thank you uh, for sending that. Um, and my first impression when I opened it up was, man, I really love this CD cover. Um, so to uh, describe it, I have it here in my hand. Now the audience can't see it, but it's uh, it's <laughs> written it's written in crayon, and uh, it's just you know it's just it's a very simple but super cool. I just I don't know why. I just when I saw it, I was like, I I just love this cover. It just felt good. So. Um, so my kids, they're three and five, and we actually spend our time in the basement just playing. Um, they like to play mean guy, where I'm the mean guy, you know. And uh, <laughs> and we were listening to the CD. We listened to the whole CD and just had a lot of fun. And um, what I really loved about it was the diversity. So there, there was a lot of... Um, uh, and not just in the content, but also the the sound of each song. Um, very catchy, very educational. Um, and the, the first song, Playtime, has a has a really fun groove. I really liked the groove. I mean, it just I think it just really sucks you right into it. Um, so I was just curious, what inspired the song Playtime? Well, as I said, you know, I would go down to my studio every morning. Uh, early in the morning and I would just let my imagination, you know, go a little bit. And uh, one of those days I just hit my, you know, my little uh, sequencer and computer and I got sort of a, you know, up-tempo groove on the drums and I started to play playtime. So, you know, there's not much to really analyze here. Um, I wanted to write songs about different experiences children would have in their young years. Yeah. And one of the great experiences you have as a young child is to learn how to play. So there's not much more to it except, you know, I think I was inspired uh, a little bit uh, by the Paul Simon song, Me and Julio uh, by the Schoolyard, which has that sort of, you know, vibe rhythmically. Uh And so when I wrote it, I sort of must have been inspired a little bit by that. Mm -hmm. And then when I cut it with my musicians in Nashville, I really, you know, was able to say to them, hey, I want this sort of vibe here on the drums and I want this on the, you know, and it just became a little bit of a, of a slightly up-tempo, I mean, very up-tempo, but, but a, a slight homage in a, in a way to uh, the Paul Simon song. Yeah, cool. 
And speaking of musicians, there's a variety of artists uh, that you have on the, the CD. <clears throat> and musically, it just brings a great amount of diversity. So can you tell us more? I saw the uh, the EPK on YouTube. We gave a little little introduction to some of the songs. It was really fascinating to see the the overlay of the, the folks in the studio and then hearing the, hearing the, the audio. It was really fascinating. So um, can you tell us more about some of the artists you worked with and maybe how the collaboration process can bring, can bring life uh, to the music in the studio? Well, you know, it, uh, I'm very used to bringing a lot of great musicians on the floor of the studio. That's what I do. And uh, except for the Sort of 17 years I scored TV and film uh, from about 85 till about 2000 or 2001, where it was really done very much on my own. My favorite thing to do and the best thing I do is to work with live musicians on this, uh, in the studio on the studio floor. And in Nashville, we have the greatest musicians in the world and the greatest singers and the greatest studios. So it's effortless to make records. But on this project, I picked a certain bunch of guys that I just love working with and we went in one day and we and we cut 12 songs in one day wow. and um it was just uh you know again you have to remember that this is what i do well i i, I think i think at most things but <laughs> but i but i think i'm good at, at, at making records with live yeah. musicians yeah and so so i have wonderful musicians to work with that's the collaboration is effortless and then what I decided to do on this record was to uh, um, cast vocals uh, uh, so that I maybe, I wanted to do maybe four or five songs myself, but I had other people in mind to do other songs. I didn't want to sing every song myself. So I, I called uh, Tanya Hencheroff and I called um, uh, Troy Johnson, both top Nashville uh, background singers and demo singers. They're fantastic. And I love their voices and their variety of sounds. And, uh, and then also um, I brought in Karen Richmond from LA, who is an actress and a voice actor. And I thought she'd be fun to have on, on some of those songs as well. So we just spread the wealth a little bit. And uh, it was just done to, again, like you said, to create different colors, you know, yeah, yeah, that's cool. And um, I, I was talking about this earlier about how the the content that you chose is really great too. Um, and uh, I was going to ask about you know what what inspired these different uh, pieces of content, but you kind of explained that it was something that you wanted your grandkids to experience, you know, um, especially uh, post-pandemic here. Um, but I did want to mention some of the things, like you talk about the, the, the kitty cat and the weather and animals and ice cream and cleaning the house and, and the bedtime one, you know. So I, I, it was just – it's such a cool, diverse, um, you know, bit of content as well. And, and I, I really saw this as something that, um, you know, kids could – not only, um, you know, you would hope that they would experience it, but even um, just learning about it, you know, learning about these things. And, and I, I saw it as something that, um, you know, kids could listen to in an educational setting for, for sure. So was there something to that as well, like when you were writing it, like almost like you wanted to educate kids as well through these songs? Well, I don't know if I felt I wanted to educate Although that's a lofty 
uh, feeling. I would love to feel that way, but I just wanted, I just wanted to write songs that celebrated all the things they could look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. And as a bonus, uh, there's a really awesome bonus on the CD are the interactive tracks where the kids can perform along with the music and with a little help from the, the singers. So uh, thanks for that. It's really as music teachers, we re- we really appreciate that because it's it's always good to have a you know great backing track and just a little bit a little bit of a nudge there uh, for the kids to get moving. So it's perfect for teachers out there who want to have the kids perform. Was there a did you what was the uh, um, what was the the goal with that? Was that to what was the goal to have it work out that way? Well, well you know, again, you know, I, I'm I'm. Uh, I'm nothing but uh, a veteran. I've done so many records over my lifetime and so much music. It just seemed obvious to me for children's albums, of which I'd done, I told you, for Disney, probably at least 30, mm-hmm. um, that it would be great to have some sing-along type songs or act-along songs or join-in songs. Yeah. So we just ba- I just decided I'd give three bonus tracks where the children, you know, the simpler songs, you know, the yeah. ones that really had a sing-along vibe to them. Yeah. So, for instance, on Kitty Cat, very obvious, because, you know, I wrote Kitty Cat. That's the only song I had written before. I wrote that song in 1986 uh-huh. for my two-year-old son, uh, and it became a family favorite over the years, and I put that, <laughs> that on the album. But I remember my son you know, singing along. So the kitty goes meow, the kitty goes meow, <laughs> and he would do the sounds. Right. So that's really what gave me the idea that, oh, why don't we do some, you know, alternative mixes where the children can join in. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't thinking really about educational as much as just, you know, that children tend to want to sing along or join in. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, as, thank you. Thank yeah. As we uh, wrap up our time together, uh, what advice or bit of wisdom could you share with our listeners as they explore the world of music around them? In working for so long uh, at, uh, uh, as a freelancer and then for two years running Disney Records, uh, A&R, I learned so much about children's music that I am well-versed in it. So I think what's critical is to make music for children that the caregivers also enjoy. Yeah. And, and I think it's really important that the music has a certain, I wouldn't say sophistication, but I would say that music has a certain elevation so that the children are able to enjoy the moment of listening and then maybe they join in. So there's not a lot of, like I said, there's not a lot of analyzing and, you know, intellectual thought that goes into my making of music for children, except that I just want them to be able to enjoy the different colors that I provide. And yeah. because I've done so much of it, this was this record was particularly a joy to do. And I wanted it to be something that the children could feel comforted by. Yeah, that's great. Well, Fred Mullen, we want to thank you again for all of your great music, especially in this new album, It's Great to Be a Kid. The album is available on March 12th, 2021, right? 
And uh, it's great for listening at home, in the car, or if you're a teacher, it's even great for the classroom. So we will have a link to the website in the show notes and hope everyone listens, grabs a copy to enjoy. So Fred, thanks again for taking the time to chat with us on the Music Podcast for Kids today. And we wish you all the best. No, thank you so much for having me on. Thanks, Fred. Absolutely. Time to wrap it up, folks. Thank you so much for tuning into the Music Podcast for Kids. We hope you enjoyed the show, and most importantly, learned something cool today about music. Remember to send in your jokes or even a topic in music you would like us to discuss by visiting our website, themusicpodcastforkids.com. If you are interested in awesome educational and fun songs for your kids to listen and sing along with, please visit brucefight.com. Music is available to download with iTunes, CD Baby, and Facebook. And most streaming platforms like Spotify and Amazon Radio. Links will be found in the show notes. If you are interested in learning how to play the piano with a fun and engaging curriculum geared toward kids, please subscribe to Mr. Henry's YouTube channel called Mr. Henry's Music World. Links will be found in the show notes. Please visit iTunes to leave a review of the podcast and also share the podcast with friends, relatives, aliens, whoever. Again, we thank you so much for tuning in.